I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. Hopefully you've been listening and keeping up with us. We hope you're doing all right. Uh, I'm Julio Gallarotti. I'm here with Francis Ellis. Francis, how are you, my friend? Dude, I'm all right. What's happening, baby? Not much, man. Just, you know, trying to stay hydrated. It's a rainy day. Fucking, you know. It's a good point. You can't be too careful these days. You can't be too careful, man. Yeah. Um, so, dude, we've been getting some solid uh, oopses in, the, in our email and our DMs. So, thank you guys for sending them. Um, we got one that I, I, I don't even – my brain still is having a hard time getting getting – I can't just just give it to us, man. This. All right, all right. So here we go. Um, these are not real names, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to say the names. My cousin graduated from high school, not boarding school. I'm going <laughs> to pause night. you for one second. Yeah. If you're listening to this, it's a bit of a long story, but trust me when I say stick with it. It is one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Yeah, definitely stick with it. I was, dude, I was having this exact thought. I was like, I can't abbreviate this one because it's too good. Yes, correct. Okay. So, so her cousin graduated and decided to take a gap year. In her gap year, her and her best friend joined a, an abroad program where they received credits while studying in the Netherlands. Um, they're both 18 at this point. Last November, uh, she decided to book a trip to Paris to visit a friend who was studying there. Um, while she was in Paris... They went out to a nightclub. At some point in the night, she's fairly intoxicated and gets separated from her friend. She leaves the nightclub to see if they may have left, and this is her last memory from the night. She then wakes up in a hotel bathtub filled with ice. Her first instincts are that she was raped. However, thankfully, she has no pain or signs of foul play. She then looks to her side and sees that her clothes are folded beside her and her phone is plugged in charging. Obviously very scared, she gets out of the bathtub and dries off. At this point, she's being very quiet because she's scared of who is on the other side of the door. She checks her phone and notices that it has been completely erased. All contacts and messages are gone. Brittany then calls the police. The operator asks her to try to open the bathroom door, but it's locked from the outside. As she describes the bathroom, she tells them about the ice bath. The operator responds immediately by asking her to check her arm for an IV. She looks at her elbow, and there's bruising and a needle mark. She then asks uh, her to turn around to look in the mirror, to which she sees a scar and staples on her mid-lower back. The operator tells her, you have been abducted by surgeons on the black market, and they have most likely removed your kidney and sold it on the black market. They send the police and ambulance to her location. She gets sent to the hospital. They assess her wound. It becomes clear that her kidney was removed by a surgeon because it was a very clean removal. Apparently, they cost like $30,000 on the black market. Overall, she was fine as an 18-year-old with one, as fine as an 18-year-old with one kidney can be. She returned home, has to, go under, has to undergo biological therapy to help adjust to only having one kidney and will most likely have health problems later on in life. Uh... So yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But dude, how crazy is that? All right. So <laughs> here's the thing. I've been around the internet long enough to know that it's possible 
that this is some kind of like story that's been made up before. Because I've heard this story, some version of it. Yeah, and and that you know this person may be just trying to dupe us, and so let's just start by saying we acknowledge that maybe this isn't true, and that's not to say that I don't believe it because for the sake of interesting and compelling stories i'm gonna go ahead and believe this same this is some straight up human centipede uh terrifying terrifying horror story shit yeah it's bad this is not funny this is not cool (laughs) this is fucking horrifying horrible i was gasping when i read this yeah i have a hard time understanding how this happens you know i mean i guess in in the way that people can get abducted and 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 put into these sex trafficking rings right in like the plot of the movie taken right i i don't see why uh, you couldn't hire a some sadistic surgeon to take part in your bathtub fucking surgery in a hospital room. I, I guess. Totally, totally. And dude, I, you, I hear, I've heard this and it has like an urban legend quality to it, but yeah. I have heard of and read, and there have been movies made about this too. There's a movie called dirty, pretty things uh, from like turn, like turn of the century um, with Chiwetel Ejiofor, the guy from uh, 12 years of Slade. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, so good. I'm sorry if I said his name wrong, um, but it's a thing. So I've just never heard a, I know someone personally who it happened to. And this girl even said it's her friend's friend. So there's a little bit of separation still. Um, but she poses an interesting question at the end of the email. She said, in your guys' opinion, do you think this is the worst case scenario? <sighs> I, no, I, I, I don't right. think so. I think that, you know, a heart transplant would be worse. You know, right. anything, first of all, anything that leaves the girl dead. Right. Where, where they take an organ that is needed, whether it's a heart or a brain, I guess. I, <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, but, but as far as, yeah, I, right. You only need one kidney to survive, technically. Right. But you do become more susceptible to diseases. I also think, uh, it's harder for your kidney to like flush things, right? So, like, that do the, what the, it does. Yeah, if it has half the capacity. Right. I could have that wrong. I mean, I'm shooting in the dark here in terms of biology. It sounds but... like that's correct, bro, based on what she's saying. And like, it makes sense. Dude, it's, it's, it's a, a, it causes me uh, anxiety to think about this story. I mean, my, my brain reels. I, I also don't know how the girl you know how does she wake up and not know that there's like staples in her back i mean she's been fucking frozen she's 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 dethaw she's thawing out or whatever you know what i mean she's still like iced up i guess i don't know maybe pain the more i think about it the more i the more i am uh, now i'm maybe a little like 50-50 in terms of believing it the staples to me are not the this isn't true element. That what seemed, is? Like, there's no, like, they totally could have just given her painkillers and she didn't feel it. Okay. So, it like what, it was a clean what job. about this story smells of fish? 
Uh, man, hope probably the bathtub <laughs> literally smells potentially. I, yep. I'm, I'm dude. The story to me seems, seems like it's possible at least. Okay. So let's operate under the premise that it is possible. Right? So what happened to this girl? I mean, like, how did she go from nightclub to one kidney? How do you trace that night? I know, man. It's scary. Well, what's your hypothesis? I mean, you know, you get really fucked up and black out. Like, that happens to people. You, you think know? someone was at the nightclub and, like, roofied her and was like, oh, that girl can handle her liquor. It looks like she's got some pretty fucking sturdy kidneys. <laughs> you know, you think know. they vetted organ donors at some discotheque in paris right no dude i know totally like i i feel you that that sound like it seems like a stretch but like it's a like this organ black market is a known thing apparently so the girl said in the email she said it's known in asia but she'd never heard of it happening in paris i've heard of it happening in europe for sure she well what else do they take the t- kidney is the typical thing they take because you can live, like you can survive with one. So they're not like gutting Maybe bodies murder. and leaving them. Wow. Yeah. We gotta, if there are any doctors or nurse practitioners or anyone in the medical field who are listening to this right now, please email us with your take on the veracity of this story, whether or not it's plausible, uh, how it could happen, what goes into a kidney removal, what goes into a kidney transplant, do all kidneys take in their new host or is it like blood types? I mean, are there certain ones that get rejected? Like what would have needed to have happened for them to have picked out this girl and taken one of her kidneys? You know, how clean and easy is that surgery? What's her, what's her likelihood of developing diseases? Please tell us your thoughts. Um, Cause I don't want to Google it. I'm too spooked. That is so violating, man. The, the, you just asked all of the great questions, but just imagine how violating that is. Oh my God, dude. Are you kidding? All right. What, what body part would you be more inclined to give up? Kidney if you were or you? what? All right. Like, would you rather lose a hand than a kidney? No. Oh, fuck. No, I'd rather lose a kidney than a hand, I think. I'd rather, like, I'd want to lose something I don't need, like an appendix or a gallbladder. Imagine if you went to a nightclub and someone just took your appendix out. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, sweet. Oh, thanks. You like send them a thank you card? <laughs> they did me a favor. <laughs> Very weird that they didn't, that they knocked me out for it, but whatever. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, dude, it just good. gives me the creeps. I mean, you could make a movie about this. I know, I know. Dude, there's literally a movie. It's called Dirty Pretty Things. I highly recommend it. It's a good movie. Um, but enough. dude- it, it goes into the question of kind of like necessity and stuff because the doctor in it, he's like not a bad dude, but he ends up doing this shit because, you know, like it's him or them type of thing. I don't know. I think the doctor's a bad dude. I don't disagree with you, but like, you know, like you said, man, if it's just you and the other guy and someone has to eat, you're eating the other guy. Wait a second. Okay. So hold on, hold on. Do you think the doctor was the one who needed the kidney or someone he knew? Or was he just hired to take it out and give it as a service? I, I, I feel it's likely that he was hired to do it. Right. In which case, he is a horrible dude. Agreed. This guy is a sadistic doctor. He's like the doctor 
Fubaigi, I think was his name, who dismembered Jamal Khashoggi in the consulate in the Saudi consulate in Turkey. Right. That 15-man hit squad that came from Saudi Arabia to Turkey to kill the journalist from the Washington Post brought with them a doctor who knew how to systematically dismember using a bone saw a human body. And this was a guy who'd performed lots of surgeries, and he was just part of the team that was doing the work. Right. Right. It's crazy, man. I mean, but, you know, there's other things that play into that. Like, he might be afraid of what would happen if he said no. Well, that is a, that is a very real consideration. Right? Yeah, so these, these are not easy decisions. Like, that doctor maybe just got offered a shit ton of money and was like, you know, I can't, I'm having trouble, whatever. Who knows? What, I'm not defending the doctor. He shouldn't be doing that. He's a terrible guy for doing it. But I don't, I'd be surprised if he enjoyed it. I just... I, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think he's probably a guy who, you know, how do you complete medical school? Let's say that he is a, at one point he was a licensed physician, right? right. So how do you go, how do you go from that, like smiling graduation photo in your white lab coat with your stethoscope and your parents around your arms graduating from the University of paris you know medical school goes to do his residency gets a fellowship finishes all that and then what has a gambling problem and (laughs) fucking falls in with the wrong crew and next thing you know he's doing undercover (laughs) surgeries on poor little american girls in holiday inns crazy so, dude, apparently a lot of what times what happens is it'll be like migrant doctors who can't work in the country yet. And they have like uh, illegal jobs and then they get hired to do this shit. I'm glad you see this is exactly why this is great. You, you have your head <laughs> on a swivel. You're much more plugged into the world of underground organ removal doctors <laughs> than I, I am. A, I saw one movie, dude. Now I'm acting like I'm an expert. I'm just saying I love that. what I've what I've known or what I've heard or whatever. Well, there was also, there was a movie with Will Smith that was called like seven somethings, seven. I think I saw that. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and he's like this really good dude. And in the end he kills himself so that he can give one of his organs to a a woman, seven pounds. Seven pounds. That was a great movie. Yeah. It was really sad. And he gives his, I don't know what organ he gives to maybe it was a kidney i don't know what it was but maybe it was a heart but it ended up he couldn't live without it and he puts himself i remember in a bathtub with ice and then brings these like deathly eels all right into the bathtub to shock him to death and calls the 911 presuming that so i guess like bathtub full filled with ice is the delivery mechanism for yeah. preserving organs if you don't have you know the real deal i guess yeah jesus christ what a story holy shit guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical 
an industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. How, what, how, many, how many surgeries have you had? Have you had, have you had some serious surgeries? Wisdom teeth is the only one. Have we talked about this? No. Did any, uh, we talked about your shoulder, I think, briefly. But, dude, I don't, does wisdom teeth even count? Yeah, I think, I think it does. If you get knocked out, I, I can tell you, as someone who's had a, a lot of surgeries, getting my wisdom teeth removed was one of the more, like, uncomfortable, unpleasant Interesting. ones. It's the only one I've had. What about you? Yeah, I've had a lot. What else besides your shoulder? I actually haven't had my soul, shoulder. I had oh. my elbow done. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, I had my elbow reconstructed. I had my right ankle. I had a really bad staph infection. What? That would required like three surgeries. How'd you get that? We don't know. Fuck, that's so scary. Staph infections yeah, was, are scary, man. If they're in, because it was in the joint. Jesus. It was like growing inside the ankle joint. And if it starts to spread up your leg and get to your heart, and that's when people die. You can die, yeah. Um, so that one was Jesus. really bad. And then How I old had, are you? How old are you? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that's all right. Uh, I was in sixth grade. Jesus, bro. Yeah, I was in sixth grade. I lost, dude, I lost like all this weight. I was in the hospital for a month and they didn't know what was wrong. Right. Couldn't figure it out. At first I was diagnosed with like a, a broken ankle because it was so painful. Wow. And then they put me in an air cast, which was the most painful, painful thing I've ever experienced because it was basically a vice that was being put on the most oh, yeah. very sensitive ankle. And then the next day I came back to the hospital and, and my parents were like, there's this clearly there's something else at play here. Sure. And it was, it was a, a full week of them not knowing what was going on. They were doing blood tests and someone finally realized that my white blood cell count had dipped a lot or something. And then they figured out it was staff. And the moment they figured out that it was staff was when they immediately, then they like took me from my hospital bed and rushed me into surgery. Jesus, dude, that's so crazy. Yeah. So I had that, I had ankle, uh, what else? Elbow. Oh, I had my face. Oh yeah. Face in that. my throat. That was brutal. That was brutal. Jesus. Yeah. That you, one's you okay. That was crazy. done. That's like, like your elbow is no big deal. Cause you come out and you're like, Oh yeah. I, you know, you just take a few painkillers and it's, you can still function. Right. When you have something in, that's part of your very sensitive area, like your face. Right. I had my nose broken basically with a shovel. Yeah. And then it's a crazy story, man. That was like so unpleasant. Shifted it and banged it out and remodeled it and all that, you know, it was a massive renovation and I was just a nightmare. Anyway, I don't even want to talk about it. That that shit. And then you had to go back. I remember that dude. That was a brutal one. I'm sorry that you that you went through that. Yeah. Yeah. But but speaking of renovations, dude, let let's talk haircuts really quick. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So you're looking at the very first uh, Corona chop that I had to endure, and obviously I I took it at the mischievous hands of my significant other, and um, I started it out. I did the left side. And I think the left side looks relatively clean, right? We didn't touch the top, but the real trouble begins here. What's wrong with that? 
Can you not tell? Can you not see the big line here? I can now. Oh, shit. Hang on. Dude, you kind of look like with this little haircut with the top, you look like you make muffins. <laughs> you look like you have a bakery. Look, come on. You could see that line right there. Oh, is it like it's like kind of like a... It's not faded. It kind of looks like Florida a little. <laughs> is it... I don't know what it looks like. I just I know, know that you can see it, which is not what you want with a haircut. I can't. I still can't fully know. Oh, like behind your ear? From from like here, probably to here. I can't see it, man. It's as if there's a, a ledge or a roof. Looks like you got lined up. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. It looks like my head was cut with a bowl. Yeah. No, I see that a little. Oh, okay. The line of hair. Yeah. You don't I want see. that. I get yeah. it. I get it. And then I don't even know what the back looks like. Oh, yeah, dude. I totally see it now. You look like uh, kind of like a fucking, I don't know. But Can you see the back of my head? Am I you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's good. It's not great. No, not good. So okay. It'll grow out. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like sweating it. The, the, the funny thing is, is that she did it to me, and it's only going to cause – her vagina to dry out like i'm not gonna lose boners over this because i can't see it <laughs> you might dude if you catch yourself in the mirror i guess but like when you're prone boning she's the yeah she's the only one that has to suffer the 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 gross ugliness of my head i can't see it i don't care so the joke ultimately is on her you know and dude, and that's a good it's a good coincidence that the prone bone's your favorite position because she can't fucking see you during it. That's right. That's right. I'll just I'll just wait until she's uh she's you know lined up and ready to go. <laughs> dude, we got we got another prone bone story. You should share that. Okay, yeah. This is good actually because this is a story from a healthcare worker and it actually has a nice little humorous spin to it. So that's a nice kind of change of pace from all the intense stuff we've been hearing. Good. Um, obviously, we we appreciate all the healthcare workers, um, and thank you all. I think I speak for Francis on that. So Correct. If I had some kind of noise making machine right now, I would shake it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, this is good. She goes, "Hey, so I wanted to share a funny story with you guys. I work in a hospital in Philadelphia. We're starting to get hit hard with COVID patients. One of the things that is used as a treatment for these patients when they are on a ventilator machine is that they are put into a prone position for half the day, and then back laying on their back for the other half." They do, this to help, yeah. <laughs> they do this to help change positioning of the lungs to get better oxygenation. It is called proning. But since I'm a loyal Oops the Podcast listener, every time I hear and see the word proning, I immediately think prone bone, as in Francis' favorite sex position. Favorite. It makes me laugh a bit uh, to myself throughout the day. Today, when I was handing off a patient to someone else on my team, I accidentally said, the patient is getting prone boned for 12 hours each day. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to awkwardly explain the phrase. Uh, thank you for sharing that. It's great. <laughs> oh, boy. The image of a ventilator prone boning somebody is a little little spooky, but hey, that's great, you know? Um, prone boning. The thing that prone boning that, that people don't talk about, one of the great things about prone boning is that if the girl clenches her butt cheeks, she actually creates a tighter vice grip 
<laughs> you know, if, if you if you if any couples out there are going to try the prone bone tonight, have have the girl clench as though she's trying not to poop, and it'll make for a nicer grip. Dude, I'm dying about that because it it's you rest your pelvis on it, and then you can micro stroke from the lower half. <laughs> so you're resting here. It's just like. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's almost kegels, right? Kegels are the the vaginal tightening uh, exercise, yoga exercises that they do. Um, but usually they do those after they've had a child and they're trying to like uh, you know reel it in a little. Uh, but but even before children, you can you can clench the butt and create that uh, that tunnel that that Chinese finger trap on the penis. That's quite nice. <laughs> That's great, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, I have a good uh, Corona story, sort of. Good. It's a, it's a weird one. But the, uh, this guy that I'm friends with is a really good poker player. Oh, nice. And uh, he's like, hey, dude, he's like, how about I, he's like, you want me to stake you? And like, you know, if you win, we'll split it. I was like, all right, great, man. Thanks. He's like, is 400 a good start? I was like, like, yeah, it's very, dude, thank you. It's so nice of you. He's like, yeah, man, I just figured, you know, try to help out. So I lose that 400 in like two hours very quickly. And I'm like, oh, dude, sorry, I lost. He's like, no worries, dude. He's like, I'm going to send you another 250 right now. And I was like, all right, man. Yeah, like, thanks. So I play with that. I lose pretty quickly again. And then I, I kind of feel bad, so I don't say anything. A couple of days later, he's like, he's like, hey, man. He's like, uh, do, you, do you need some more money? And I was like, no, I think I'm good for now. He's like, come on, man. We got to get you loaded up. <laughs> this guy keeps trying to give me money, dude. So finally, I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. And I end up going up a decent amount. I send him back the original 250 he sent me and i end up losing it and then he keeps hitting me up being like yo dude listen we got to get you in there he's like you're he's like you're rusty man you're rusty we gotta <laughs> what the fuck it's insane i'm like dude you're like the nicest person but what, what's happening okay so so many questions first of all <laughs> him saying you're rusty implies that at one point you were an excellent poker player is this just another chapter in the saga of julio gallerati's mystery life that we're dude, constantly was... <laughs> getting little windows into i was okay at best this guy lived on my floor in college and he was pretty good and there's a bunch of kids who were good at this is during like when everybody was making money playing poker online uh -huh. um and i never was very good i never was like winning a bunch of money i was never that guy ever i would play sometimes but it was usually getting staked by this guy and i would lose because eventually i would like have a moment or something sorry i would have a moment where like whatever so like now he just keeps telling he's like yeah dude we gotta get you in here we gotta get you in here so i don't know like i'm not good and i don't understand <laughs> i don't really get it what but where is he is he expecting you to pay him back all the money that you lose no that's the deal like the state if you get staked you split the winnings so he's just blindly investing in you I haven't been playing. I'm trying. I'm I'm playing for hours at a time. And like, I was up 300 bucks at one point, but lost it all. And then the next day, give me another 150, lost it all. This and sounds then, like a, what I would call a boomerang scheme. <laughs> what, is that, I don't, what does that even mean? Well, you know how there are pyramid schemes. Right. But then I just came up with boomerang scheme, which is where he gives you the money. But then it turns out that he's actually working with the guy who runs the online poker site that you're using. And as you lose it in there, ultimately it comes back to him. It's like he's laundering drug money that he's giving to you through a oh, poker site or something. That would be brilliant. 
That would actually make the most sense besides him just being a great guy, which he is. Well, fine. But I mean, I, I know lots of good people, none of whom have ever just kind of enabled me to play online poker and lose with no, no thought that I would have to give it back to them. Right. Who has Dude, $650 to just give away to people right now? I know. Dude, I'm down now 750 And yesterday he's like, listen, man, he's like, you got to just play this table. He's like, oh, dude, you got screwed. He's like, you're about to get hot. I can feel it. <laughs> guy is making me want to play. I know. <laughs> I want to meet this guy. I know. He's named RJ. His name is RJ. He's a good guy. So what, what site are you using? Uh, poker. Poker stars or? Poker bros. Poker bros. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a legit site? Yeah. And it has like the private ones where you can use real money. And like, I guess that's the loophole now, how they get around it. You mentioned, you mentioned that in college, you knew a lot of people who were very good at online poker and how everybody was making money on online poker. Now, I, I don't often say this, but I went to Harvard and I had some friends who were also into online poker and not a single one of them made a dollar. They all got crushed. Really? I... It makes me think that the, uh, you know, it really is not as advantageous unless you're like Phil Hellmuth or Phil Ivy or whatever that level. I don't know the, the, the idea. I always thought that the kids who would talk about how they were making a lot of money in online poker, that it, that it was just a smokescreen for something else that they were all just miniature versions of Dan Bilzerian, right? If you look oh. at Dan Bilzerian and everyone always says, well, how did Dan Bilzerian get all of his money? Someone's, people will say that it was because he plays professional poker. But there are no real records of him ever actually winning money. If anything, all he's done is lost money playing pro poker. I think right. he gets all of his money from his dad. Right, 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 right. That would make the most sense. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I knew kids who were winning a lot. And the way that they would play, they would play like six games at a time online. And yeah. they they play very like, I guess, tight or whatever. Like, and, yeah. and, you know, they're very disciplined and they just sit there and just like playing a bunch of games at once and just win a bunch of money. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe there's some truth to that. Christ. I know. It's a dark world too. Almost as dark as the, uh, the Sheraton ice bath kidney <laughs> removal. Game. This is a dark episode, dude. I love it. Uh, did you ever see Human Centipede? I did. Yeah, it was great. Was it good? I liked it. Yeah. I just watched the trailer and then I felt like I had enough of the movie. The concept was so fucked up that that was all I needed, and I was it's never really watch brutal. That. It's a really tough one to watch. It's good though. Like I love horror movies though. I do too, but that one seemed so sadistic and so. I, 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 to have come up with it, whoever wrote it was just like, you know, a fucking nut job. Dude, being the cannibalism intellectual that you are, I think you need to watch the platform. Does cannibalism make an appearance in that movie? It's very, it's very important factor. Yeah. In the movie. I guess they're eating each other's butts in a way. Wait, in the platform? No, no, no. I'm not I'm talking about the platform, not centipede. Oh, centipede is different. But just um, in horror movies in general. No, no, I'm saying the plat, the movie, the platform, not the platform of the centipede. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> there it is. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah. Wait, what's the plat? Oh, that's you texted me about that. So, yeah. so what is the platform about? 
It's an, it's an, it's really cool, dude. It's a Netflix movie about like this prison facility essentially, but you can get admitted to it for different reasons, not just for committing crimes. And it's this kind of like Jenga tower and it has floors on it. So each floor has two people on it. Um, each person gets to bring one item and they change your floor randomly every month. Some people are there for a year, some people are there six months, different amounts of time. And the way it works is there's an opening in the, in the ceiling. So from the first, and there's a giant dinner made every day of each person's favorite food in the entire facility. And it starts from floor one, and then that same dinner gets passed down to each floor. So by the time you get down to floor, say, 100, there's, not, there's almost no food left. And even farther down, there's literally no food left. But it's one of these things that if each floor were to eat what they're supposed to eat, everyone would be able to eat. But no one does that. Wow, that's it's really it's crazy, man. I think you'd like it. It's good. So, so do people get lifted up to the higher floors through some sort of hierarchy? No, there's no merit. It's ran completely random. So one day you'll wake up on floor six, and that's a great floor. And one day you'll wake up on floor 120, and you're like, "Fuck! Like, how am I gonna get through this?" Oh wow, uh, that does sound good. That's on Netflix. Yeah, it's great. And it's not a documentary? I, what no. a dumb question. Exactly. <laughs> but it is in Spanish. So I don't know if that is a deal. Oh, Spanish? <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. You can watch the dubbed version if you're... If you... I don't want to watch. I'll do, I'll do subtitles. That sounds yeah. good. Dubbing platform. is really not great, man. Yeah. Well, uh, what else we got today? Anything interesting? So, dude, I've been... <laughs> I have, like, a personal trainer who is sending me workouts. And um and diet stuff right nice and what we normally would do is we would use that machine that they have to calculate your body fat where you hold the yes to track my progress but since i can't do that here i'm just he makes me send him a shirtless pic every week oh my god <laughs> and it's like one of the most like guy on guy things i've done Have you, that, that's good. Here's the good thing though. That means that you will have a very cool progress report that you could show off theoretically. We'll see. Like, we'll see if you, I can stick with if it. If you really crush it and get super ripped, you're going to have a great before and after photo. Yeah, dude, I, 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 it could be true. I feel like I still micro sabotage too much, man. I know micro has been a big term today, but like I just... I got to really stick to the diet and it can be hard for me, but I, I mean, I'm doing a good job, but what's your vice snacking? No, not really. My, it'll just kind of be like, like a bad, I'll just have like a, I'll go overboard. If I'm like, all right, whatever, I'm going to have whatever I want for a meal. I'll just like do it too hard. I'll go too hard on that bad meal. Can you give us an example? Uh, it's just going to sound so like, it's going to sound like it's not a big deal, but that's the problem is that like I talk myself into that, like just eating more than I should be eating. Basically. It's not even anything crazy, but it's just for one meal a week. Like you have a cheat meal. So theoretically, yes, but then it'll be like, I'll kind of, it'll be hard for me to get back into the full discipline right away. So it's like uh, one or two, three days of like each day is better, but it's not like I'm not having like great days every day. Like I'm having great days, three out of seven days a week. Probably. All right. But here's what I would tell you. It, for me, there is a very clear distinction between Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday still, right? Yeah. The weekend, if you're able to really 
compartmentalize the weekend away from the week, then I find that even going to bed, if let's say Sunday's your cheat day, you should let it fly. Let it fly on Sunday, you know? Rip through bags of Cheetos. Don't even chew. Just swallow shit. Cheese whiz to the face. Icing. <laughs> carrot cake. Drink it. Whatever you want. Did you do that? Uh, not really. But I'll tell you what my pro, like my okay. system is. But okay. but if you want it, if you're having a cheat day and you're allowing yourself that, go nuts. But make it like the same day every week. Make it either Saturday or Sunday. Right. Or even even like both days. Let's just say that for you, you're going to say that the weekend is, is a time to be an absolute shit show. Drinking, boozing, whatever. Eating pizza, all that shit. <laughs> and I'm not even going to do that, by the way. But okay, yeah. The but this. then on Monday, if you can force yourself to like wake up at 9 a.m., get back to your routine, understand that the work week carries a more – uh, industrious and disciplined uh, expectation for yourself with it, you will be able to know that like Monday through Friday, it should, for me, it's easier to avoid eating shit during the week. Right, right. Yeah, Does no, that totally. make sense? That absolutely makes sense. And I would say that, yeah, that like that I would think applies to me to some degree. Um, and being in the city with my girlfriend and I, I mean, I had so much fun going out with her and doing stuff with her. She's so fun and whatever. But like, it's hard for me when I'm feeling so good like that and I feel loved and I feel happy. It's so hard for me to be disciplined. What? Yeah. So now that she's away, <laughs> this is like my time where I'm like, all right, this is a good chance for me to like really get in shape and not feel like I'm having FOMO in my relationship because like. So you're saying that positive reinforcement from your relationship causes you to eat poorly? Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's the opposite for so many people. Like people who are upset and sad and lonely eat their feelings. It's the opposite for her too, though. Like she and that that's dude, when I'm sad and lonely, I'm and I'm typically ripped. <laughs> In my life. 2015, man, I was fucking shred, bro, and I was miserable. I was so sad and unhappy. You've mentioned that before, that you yeah. were so depressed that all you could do was work out. It was the yeah. only thing you had time to do that, that's amazing dude well look i would say i think this holds for everyone not that we are master advice givers or anything but for me where i can really separate the week from the weekend and the weekend is when i'll stay up a little later watch an extra couple episodes of tv smoke more weed or or drink more or eat more dessert ice cream whatever it is by Sunday night, I still get Sunday scaries right now. Right. And that's that, that anxiety of knowing that Monday's going to be different and I have to kick it back into gear. I have to get to bed a little earlier that I have work tomorrow. Even if people don't have work, like why don't you, you know, maybe starting your Monday off with a workout in the morning will kick you back into the idea that this is the week and this is right. when I keep shit tighter. And if you can keep Monday through Friday a little bit more buttoned up, you'll start to see some, some results. I think. I think that's a good, that's good. Dude. And guys, for everybody listening, Francis is a very fun guy. Like, dude, you, 
Francis, when we're out, I see Francis drinking all the time. He's not one of these guys that pretends to drink and doesn't. Like, he's about that life. Like, I see Francis high all the time. High all the time. Francis is a fun person. He's very social. And I have always thought that you have a great balance in your life from what I can see. Yes, I, I try. I, I, I also know that my exercising is uh, probably the single best antidepressant that I have at my disposal. Uh, and I, and I, it's almost a matter of survival that I exercise. And it, it, so maybe if people are, you know, if, you, if you're healthy in, ter in terms of your mental health, you're not, maybe you won't get as ripped because you need to have these deep-seated problems that I have in order to, to need to exercise. <laughs> I'm trying though, man. You know, it's, we got to look out on camera, dude. Yes. Yes. Work. <laughs> uh, let's wrap there, dude. Cool. Um, Why don't you sign us off, G? You brought us home. This was your episode. This was great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'll, I'll take that, I guess. Um, Guys, thank you for listening. Um, Oops, the podcast. Check us out. Please send us all your stories. Um, let us know what's going on. Hope everybody's feeling healthy and safe. Francis, uh, you got anything coming up? <laughs> Not too much. We have a fantastic guest on the show on Wednesday, though. So uh, that'll air on Thursday. We hope you guys will join us then. And as always, send us more stories like that one. Good luck topping it to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. For now, I'm Francis Ellis. He's Julio Galarotti. Thanks for following us. Thank you, guys.